We've got another episode of CBS's Brain Dead coming to you right now. Stay with us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey guys, welcome to CBS's Brain Dead here on AfterBuzz TV. We've got the third after show of this first season of Brain Dead, and it's a long title again. We've got Goring Oxes. <laughs> How can you survive the war on government through five? That that is five easy steps. I don't know what that means even for I'd this say, episode. I'm a little brain dead because I tried to figure out what those five steps would I be. I did too. I couldn't think nope. of it. But. I don't know. Anybody in the chat room, if you know help what five out. things are, if we you know are, what one Monday. of the five things are, help me out. I didn't write any specific, like, this is Thank one of God. the five. I feel like I was, was going to be the only one, but truly, I have no clue. So, <laughs> there's two, there's at least two. <laughs> and while you were um, shouting us in, I was thinking, I'm so glad we wear headphones because, like, if there are space bugs here, we are we're safe. We've got Gustav's mind. You right? know, we know what's happening. Yeah. So, we are all set here. And uh, I am Kevin Ellis. Uh, I am joined by the lovely Courtney Henderson today, but you can find me on Instagram at KevinEllis25 or on Twitter at TheKevinEllis. Courtney? You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Cohen, C-O-U-H-E-N. And I actually saw, this is kind of like a silly plug to the show, (laughs) they're on Instagram. And if you go to their Instagram, I'm pulling it up right now so you know what it is. It's BraindeadCBS. It is verified. Uh, it has like a cheat sheet and whatnot of some of the people that have been infested, so you can kind of help keep track. I love it. Among other kind of fun behind the scenes type things. So Good check plug. that out as well. Awesome. So, well, where do we start? Where do we start? <laughs> we started out with our uh, folk recap again. Yes. I'm so happy they're doing that. I'm so happy it's. Not the exact same that looks like it's been tailored. And I was thinking about that as well. Kind of one of the benefits of being like a straight-to-series show. I feel like you get a little more time. They've had all through pilot season Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe prior to kind of get this going. I didn't track when it actually went to series. But uh, the fact that they knew that they were going to have all of these episodes so that they could kind of create this and and modify it as they go along, knowing that they're going to have... X number of episodes, not like, are we going to get canceled after five? Are we not going to get picked up? And is this going to be dumb? It's a valid point. You give so. a lot more creative freedom to the individuals like the Kings, who yeah. are very talented, and they have this ability to come up with these fun little things that make this show so much more interesting, yes. especially for a, a summer series. So it's uh, it's been fun so far. And it, I have to say, the original lyrics on that on that tune, I gotta give it to them. It's original every time, and they play it up perfectly to what happened in the previous episode. I can't even like quote the lines just because <laughs> well they go by so fast. But um, I think it's this week's. I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing, but yeah. this week's is on their Instagram. One of them is on. So if for some reason you missed the like first thirty seconds of the show, awesome. you have to go check that out. Okay, I'm gonna have to after this wraps yeah. up <laughs> to memorize it. So we start out with a shot of Ella going outside of her condominium and she is greeted by some flowers, a flower bouquet that is left for her. And it turns out that Scarlet sent it on over. So again, a little political game going on here and the bugs are having their moments. And as I called it last episode, I would like to say that I did predict that Ella was going to turn. Yep. What did you think about that? Because it happened quite early. 
Third episode. Yep. Uh, it happened early. I think it had to, though, because I think now we have kind of an investment in kind of who will be in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, kind of like the will they or won't they of, of all of this, because now... Um, I mean, I don't want to, like, skip totally to the end no. of the episode, but... It's two of us. It's it's one going. of those where, you know, it, supposedly Ella's backing down by the end of the episode, whereas right. obviously we see after she gets infested or infected, uh, she she's a ball buster in that kind of opening yeah. scene. She's sick. You know, the flowers are let's not fight flowers that, you know, genius Scarlet. Come on, genius, please. <laughs> we know the truth, Scarlet. We do. <laughs> you might have half of your brain better, but that doesn't make the other half better. Right? <laughs> Poor Scarlet. Um, slammed her early. Uh, oh. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see how, how she, uh, how... Ella is, as you said, she's just this this individual who is a very powerful woman mm-hmm. who, uh, you just see two characters in Red and Ella who have now are pitted against one another mm-hmm. and who don't necessarily have, again, that end goal, though, because it, it seems like at yeah. first she, she really wants to step up. She wants to take advantage of the, uh, the whip seat that is being left by Luke, but by the end of the episode, she doesn't want it anymore. I don't really understand right. the motivation. Well, so it's either one of two things, ugh, which is like predictions. But it's either it's she's like they're she's playing him, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's kind of like okay, there's a greater purpose. We've got to get something else moved along before I become Whip as right. Ella, uh, or um, like Red with making Chief of Staff Gareth mm-hmm. or Gareth. Um, we see him kind of be like, no, 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 we are not going to do gr- grassroots. And then he's like, actually, we're going to do grassroots, and I need five strategies. You know, so yeah. maybe the agenda has just kind of shifted, and and there's something we don't know yet that is, you know, duty calls for Ella to be elsewhere. Definitely. And you, I'm glad that you brought up the chief of staff, because early on in the episode, we had another head blow up. Yes. Another combustion. Oh, my gosh. And it was on live national TV, though the director was able to actually cut the feed before it was broadcast live. So it's kept secret for now. Right. Which was interesting. But it was Red's chief of staff. And they call it a stroke. They call it a stroke. Mm. Come on, guys. But it's enough to fool a couple of people along the way. Mm -hmm. But not our protagonist. And definitely not... um, uh, Definitely not Gareth, it seems, is coming around to the idea. Possibly. Possibly. We'll get to it. Mm -hmm. But... So, so Laurel is now sitting down with Agent uh, Anafrio, who is taking a liking to Laurel. Yes. And he visits with a senior FBI agent whose name I... Blades, can, I think. Thank you. Blades. I caught it at the end. Good call. So he sits down with these two... Or she sits down with these two individuals, and she is made aware that the chief of staff's head has blown up, and immediately she is concerned that it's Gareth because of how the verbiage right. of this is... Is communicated. It's Weedus' to her. guy. That's all they kind of said. All they say. And I felt a little guilty because that didn't cross my mind. And then maybe no? it was because okay. I watched it, uh-huh. so I knew it wasn't him. So it was, I wasn't tracking that she might think it's him. Yeah. Emotional, um, but I, I felt bad. I was like, oh my gosh, of course she's going to think it's him. <laughs> yeah. Why did I think that she would think that? Quite immediate, too. She's clearly taken by him to some degree, which we'll get to later. But clearly there are some emotions, and she is suddenly... Has to know. Out, uh, she's going to Capitol Hill, she's making sure that he's all right, and he is all right, 
and Gareth was unaware of the uh, of the death himself until he opens the door. Red is on the phone finding it out himself. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's doesn't the first seem time. too concerned. Doesn't seem too concerned. He's on to the next guy, yeah. who is who is Gareth. Um, what did you What did you take from that? From that move in general, in that you, when you saw, when you did see Laurel go on over to see whether or not Gareth was the one who was killed, what did you take away from that, emotionally speaking, from her point of view? Was it, I, was, it was it genuine concern? I think so. Okay. I think it was kind of one of those... I kind of like this guy. I don't know if I like this guy. I totally don't like this guy. You know, kind of all those feelings. But it's, I mean, he's really her kind of first and only friend in in this whole thing. And whether yeah. they're more, we don't know. You know, it's to be seen. Um, oh, and I will say, man, I hate when they put kind of the obvious romance together for you in shows, especially in season one. Like, usually mm-hmm. they'll give you season one and then, like, season two. They'll kind of they've got no other material for some reason, and so they're like they have to make them. It has exactly. to be a love story, and so oh, but this episode, like I saw that, and she went, and they just have this like genuine connection, and it made me kind of be okay if that were to happen, right? and it, I like judged myself. It was actually a really cute moment. Yeah, and I was genuinely entranced by the whole moment. I. Don't get I don't get like that when I watch especially network television. Of I don't know. I don't I don't find a lot of characters that I look at and say, "Oh, that would be a cute romantic couple." Mm-hmm. But these two are pretty adorable about it. They don't as you said, they don't seem to have many other friends, allies in this political landscape that they can relate to. Yeah. And I I would imagine I don't know. I've never been in the political scene in DC. Right. I would imagine that to some extent to be successful, that has to be kind of true. Mm-hmm. That that you're... I don't want to say it's as bad as, like, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, mm-hmm. but kind of a little bit of that mentality where it's no matter who you're friends with or, you know, it's everybody's friends because they can get something. You know, it's it's this friendship is going to possibly benefit me someday, so we'll be friends. You know, I think I can get something out of you. Um, As so, we live in yeah, LA, we know right. this all too well. Well, yeah, so that's why I say. I mean, I don't, I don't know it firsthand in po- politics, sure. uh, but it, yeah, there's definitely kind of one of those. Oh, so that's why you want to be my friend, mm-hmm. or you know, you you meet somebody and you're like, oh, I really want to be friends with. I do want to be friends with them, or it's like crap. I just think I want to be, like, I just want them to like me and do something cool for me. This could benefit me in the future. Yeah. I mean, and there's a balance because I think it's it's foolish to think that in politics or entertainment or any sort of business that you don't see, you aren't wise to those opportunities uh, because there are going to be people that are happy to help and, and... I've been that way with people, like, if there's somebody that I can offer help to, and I'm happy to help because I want to see people succeed. And I think that's kind of that weird thing they have going because it's like, I want I want to see you succeed, but you're kind of also the enemy. Exactly. Yeah, and they even say that at one point in time when uh, when they're in, I think they're on the phone together, or they say, you know, good job on that. Um, or when, oh, it was in the bar. It was in the bar, yes, I think. Yes, with the leak. Exactly, it was the leak, and, and then, they actually mm-hmm. they they there was congratulations, but yes, 
realization. Oh, wait, no, they go to the bar. I think you're talking about congratulations. She calls him to invite him to the bar. Uh, yeah, I was that's thinking about the That's what you were first thinking about. But the congratulations, yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was getting at. And, and in front of her dad, mm-hmm. who I don't know if you watched The Good Wife, That is, he was David Lee. Yes, So he if was. you watch The Good Wife, so it's kind of awesome to me to have one of I to me I'm like one of our own because like obviously I'm you know BFFs with the Kings and so it's like <laughs> our show haha and in my dreams uh, but you know so I love every like his little cameos and the, they brought somebody I was kind of surprised that it was him of all people like in knowing all of the strong characters yeah. um, or, or actors but then again I've been watching the show looking for okay where could Juliana have been or where could uh, you know all these different people where would they have fit into this like a Christine Baranski and or yeah, yeah yeah where could she fit in or I um, Matthew Matt mm, I can never yes. say his last name C-Z-U-R-C-H-Y Azukri thank you him, yes. Matt. Um, <laughs> it is. A I, I, like, he could have played yeah, oh, uh, Aaron's totally. character. I mean, as far as, like, age and casting and everything, um, I think it would have been kind of fun to see him in that, but I also watched Graceland, which Aaron came from. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's kind of fun to see him also in a little bit different of a of a role as well. And Josh Charles in uh, Danny Pino's role could have been interesting as yes. well. Yes. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. But I do love our current cast. I, yes. Zach and not, not to, not, not to, yeah, not to discredit any of them. Because they have been doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've always thought that, and I don't, I should know, I don't know if it's the same casting director for this that did The Good Wife. It was. Uh, it was? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes perfect sense because the Kings are very dialogue-ridden, and I know casting has said multiple times that because it's not an action-packed type show, mm-hmm. uh, this has a little bit more with some of the bug stuff. They do. Uh, uh, but Mark, Mark Sachs. Mark you've got to have you've got to have great people that can just walk and talk or sit behind a closed door and have a conversation and have it be something you actually want to pay attention <laughs> right. to and follow. So, so yeah, I agree. The cast is, is great. It is superb. And uh, Jan Maxwell, who plays Ella, comes out mm-hmm. swinging when they're at their own. Oh, I loved it. I, yeah, it, it was it was fantastic. She's coming out. She's But it's... it's that could have been Christine. Extreme, there you go. It's this extreme... <laughs> yeah, she could have, definitely. She's got this extreme uh, liberal stance that she is now touting. And Luke is kind of up in arms. He doesn't know what to think at this point because he's seeing a constituency that is now being uh, moved to the left. And he, he knows that a moderation at this point in time is what they need. Right. But... The bugs are pushing them away from center. Yes, and, and I think I, that's what I'm noticing more. It's just everything's coming away from center. Right. And there was a, a small part that kind of, I think, started to touch on the enhancements or kind of how it, the, with the memory, you know, it, it takes, yeah. you know, so it kind of, it starts to take part of your brain. And so you will have some extreme, extreme behaviors things. in certain areas. Um, but, but kind of back to what you were saying with Ella kind of being the ball buster mm-hmm. um, in their meeting and just kind of completely, uh, what's the word, like bulldozing or yeah, she just shuts him down. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, I can't Bulldoze. think of the word. I apologize. Um, but yeah, Luke to, basically take over you know yeah. she's so she's kind of gonna be the whip you think she uh, does moving she, forward she sideswipes um, him completely but then when red finds out that now ella is challenging luke and they're trying to figure okay who do we want luke ella luke ella and i would be horrible at politics i think because 
No, well, because I'm sitting there thinking and I'm like, okay, well, you're saying yourselves she's become this kind of warrior liberal, the extremist to the nth degree, mm-hmm. and you have Luke, who's a little bit more moderate, you know, willing to play, if you will, to try to find compromise and get government back up. And they they say, no, we don't want that. We want Ella because we could lose some of our, our party oh, sure. to a moderate. Mm-hmm. And I just it just seems so backwards that well, you I go, think- like Aaron, you go to make change mm-hmm. and then you you strategically are trying to help people that don't want to make change or to compromise to create change to keep them in power. I think you have a totally valid point as far as where the mindset is. I don't I don't think that you are are foolish for thinking that at all. I'm I'm looking at it from the perspective of who Red's office is as an entity and it is the majority whip. So they're just trying to whip up votes. Just right. like in House of Cards, how uh, how Frank Underwood mm-hmm. was was the whip. You're just trying to find votes and if you feel like that you're going to get less votes for your party if you're going to have a, an extreme uh, leftist uh, opposite party, right. then you're going to benefit more. So I think that that's you know it's totally. But I'm just saying I way. would I didn't even think about that. Right, I'm I didn't thinking, think about it either. I'm thinking you want the person that you can actually have a conversation with and yeah. work together and compromise, exactly. but apparently not. Apparently, Make the deal. you want to find like some sort of true hard line of. Nope, we are going to keep all of our people believing and doing what we say they should do because the alternative is so far off of our beliefs that they can't vote that way and get away with it. And it's creating the party. It's creating uh, partisanism in the, oh my in the God, respect. So much. I mean, in the respect that no, we don't want to have a discussion. We just want to draw the line. We want right. to draw that line, and it is what it is. And either you go on this side of it or this side of it. Mm-hmm. There's no either or. We're not going to have a debate about it at any point in time. It's just this is the way it is. And I think that's what at least our current government has turned into. It's just you're either on one side or the other. There's very little middle ground. I don't know. I think yeah. I think that all of this is an analogy for that. I think that's the way the kings are it's writing. It's intentional, it. definitely. Totally. Well, uh, so we nailed the fact that this is a sign of the times, but we get on over to Doctor Bob Bob. That's double B so on the last name. Random. He is the most socially awkward character, and yet the most intelligent. Which but is typical. I was going to say. So typical. You just, yeah. Nailed Enough it. said. Yep. Enough Nailed it. <laughs> um, so he's acting really socially awkward off the bat. He goes on in to the constituency meeting with Laurel mm-hmm. and says, simply, I just want a smaller government. That's it. Nothing beyond that. He just leaves the conversation as such until she is forced to leave uh, the office and he jumps her a little Approaches bit. Approaches her, yes. Approaches is probably well, a better word. He doesn't was... jump her. <laughs> uh, and introduces the idea that the bugs are eating people's brains. Bluntly said, he's coming out with a theory, and she immediately is a little struck by his bluntness and the fact that he's trying to make her put her cell phone into the little uh, Mylar bag. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's a little bit of paranoia to him. Absolutely. Well... And I will mm-hmm. I will say why there's possibly paranoia. Obviously, there is um, valid paranoia in that he's not showing, like he's showing that he 
is logical in all of his decision making. But then when I looked at when they were in the hospital later, I'm jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. I have to defend my claim that he was being paranoid. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but when they were in the hospital and he was saying, those, those people are watching us by the elevator. I was focusing on these guys in the background. I don't know if you guys were, but I was focusing on them, and they were just simply on their cell phones, didn't at any point in time glance up. They weren't. They didn't do a cut to them at all. It was just simply... Yeah, they weren't following they him. They weren't following him. So no. I do kind of but think there is an element. I do think there's an element. Then you have the candy bar eaters. Yes, you do. And then you have... twice. I was going to say, then you have... And they weren't making eye the, contact. Yes, the repeat of the candy bar eaters. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I don't... I don't know if I would go as far as to say he's paranoid. Well, I guess he has reason to be, you reason know. Reason to be, definitely. Um, but I, I guess, to me, paranoia, I kind of think of or define as sort of like unwarranted totally or kind unfounded. of completely yeah. Yeah, unfounded that's a better word whereas to me i'm like okay there's he has an actual real reason why he doesn't want the nsa listening to his calls and right. he wants to be aware if somebody is actually kind of following him looking over his shoulders making sure you know he's aware of his situation and and surroundings uh because i think one of two things you don't want somebody that is aware of the situation on the wrong side of this, right. and in his case, the infested side of that would be the wrong side, I think. Mm-hmm. Finding out what you know because you're next, you know, unless you're going to wear uh, cups over <laughs> your, cups ears your ears all forever. Or earmuffs like us. Which I was really surprised. I I actually had a moment where I was like, are they really going to get him? Mm. Like, and And is this almost going to help or hurt? Because, you know, it's like if it's that enhanced part of your brain. And because he has so so many memories, if you will, or so much intelligence because he reads all the time. Sure. What is it going to pull away? Is it going to pull his complete memory of anything he knows about the screw worms? But, but then, of course, the cops actually did block it uh, from you, him. Do you think that if... Let's theorize the fact that the bugs actually do enter uh, his head. He seems like an individual that would fight it off. And if we're going on the theory that right. fighting off uh, oh. these bugs, his head would explode. But bugs can fart. Bugs that was his can, explanation for fart. the heads exploding. He did say that. What was? He said it was like a not a an overdose, release. but yeah, like too much methane in yeah. the brain or something, and so it caused the combustion. Yeah. That's but right, you did say that. And, you know, it's... It's a theory for now. Of course. Because <laughs> we don't know whether but, or not that is valid. But, right, right, right. No, that is interesting. He did say that. One thing that it did find uh, quite interesting is that they both notice different things. At this point in time in the episode, mm-hmm. when they're having their first initial discussion... One doesn't trust the other with certain things, and the other does the same. And you're talking about Laurel and so I'm talking Gustav, about Laurel right? and Gustav. Okay. At the first initial point, um, Laurel is is noticing all of the things that are happening simply within the political realm mm-hmm. and how people are acting uh, with their decision making. And then you have Gustav, who is simply looking at people's just natural human reactions and quirks. Right. I found that interesting. As you said, he was noticing the candy bar. Right. Laurel was just simply noticing the changes in Scarlet, in Ella, in Red, that she's noticing these things. Right. But that's something that's obviously that Gustav is going to pay attention to. But it right. is interesting to see these two different worlds. But I think it's still maybe a little bit uh, 
agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, her agenda for having the bugs in, infect people or not infect people is a very different reasoning than Gustav. Of course. And to some extent, I don't even know that he really cares who it's happening to? Right. I think it's more he just wants to understand and know, especially because he lost his friend. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like this crazy thing's happening. I want to figure it out and understand why. Right. Versus we got to shut this down. Exactly. You know what I mean? Whereas for Laurel it's like we got to shut this down. I feel like is a little bit more her reasoning because if we don't, they're all going to end up on this one side we don't know much about and we don't want in, in, in politics. <laughs> yeah, and she leaves that meeting in the park with this idea that he might be losing it a little bit until she actually sees Scarlet in the next scene with yes. Ella. She knows something is up at that mm-hmm. point in time. She hears the music playing, you might think, by the cars. Uh, and obviously she's got serious questions at this point in time because there's no reason for scarlet to be meeting with the enemy right. knowing that she is Especially sleeping with her brother unknown exactly i mean if, if she came back and said something and he's like oh yeah i sent her up there for x y or z okay but no it was very much a secret meeting and she was already suspecting scarlet to begin with because of the interaction right. that they had earlier where after she had, uh, Scarlet had put the cherry blossoms in Luke's office, the same type cherry of flower blossoms. that <laughs> held the bugs when Ella was uh, infected. Infected. We got to come up with the proper word. I think it's infested. I'll look. Infested. I, I mean, even infested doesn't even sound proper. There's got to be a word I'm, that I just am not thinking of. I keep saying taken, but it's just not good enough. Help us out if you guys are in the chat room. I'm going to the the right indoctrinated. Indoctrinated. They use Steve's in my headset. He's helping out. That's that's possible. Um, Here we go. Who's infected? See, who's infected? On the Instagram, they're using the word infected. Our own publicity team at CBS says infected is the proper word. So infected it is CBS. Uh, So so Scarlet. Yeah. So we don't trust Scarlet. Right. Her dad's back, uh, has a little bit of a conversation with Laurel, is talking about how she, how her uh, how her dad's friends saw Gareth and her at the ball together. Kind of a weird way I, for well, that I mean, to... Well, I have like kind of mixed feelings about it because it's one of those things that's like, okay, if your family is Laurel's family, if you're the Healy's and kind of it feels like resident politicians, like long-standing folk in dc yeah they're whether there's an agenda or not like like they're gonna see you and they're gonna mention it It, but especially if you're gonna go with the like opposition you Mm. know what i mean so on one hand it's like i felt like even if her dad in no way was kind of trying to see what she's up to Mm -hmm. that would have been something somebody he knows would have told him just because the nature of, oh my gosh, did you know your daughter went to the tax prom with the enemy kind of thing. With right. so-and-so's chief of staff or, you know, I don't know if he was chief of staff by the time it was said to her dad. but Or if it really is, like she said, are you like are you surveilling me? Mm-hmm. Like your surveillance is up, you know. So obviously this is not something new. She's clearly, I feels like, She's been used through this dad. before. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, it, to me it was just kind of like, you can't be that mad about this. It, it's a very public place in a very political environment where he's 
completely a part of. So you you had to think that he would know that. Definitely. You know? She even said I, she's sick of her family trying to control her own life. I thought it was a very right. powerful statement. Yet, and yet she moved back. She, she did. I mean, she for did. the money. But she really, as we saw at the beginning of the episode, she was right. She was still working on her documentary. She still cares. That part of her has not left. And that is oh, endearing. Which, of course, Gustav... Like, knew exactly this village. It's funny, I was telling somebody about the show, and I was like, the Wubby Wubby tribe, whatever. Like, this, like, really nondescript, I have no idea where they are. He doesn't listen to the music. He's just aware. I love, and I love that he's like, nobody listens to that. He's like, I don't even listen to that, and I listen to everything. Yeah, he's he's a They would put, they would do that. Like, they would give her the hope, like, oh my gosh, somebody knows what this is. And he's like, yeah, but I don't. I don't listen to that. I feel like he's a guy that just reads I listen to Kanye pages. and I don't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just reads Wikipedia pages all day and learns everything that he can. I feel like that's that's Gustav's character. Which but, but we brilliant. never see him reading. No, I mean we just have to assume that it happened. At some I, point. Well, well, no, he did. He he referenced the uh, the Wikipedia page or he re- referenced that flesh right, eating right. bug that. He did the the cockle. Co- no, please tell me more. Vorax. <laughs> Man, that was no. actually pretty good. I only got the second half. No, I only that's as much as I got to write down. That so. is uh, one half more than I did. Don't check my spelling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get to the bar, which we had addressed a little bit mm-hmm. earlier, but let's revisit. I liked that really scene, and scene. I hate myself for liking that scene. I thought it was one of the most adorable little love scenes I've seen in a long time. Oh, that's why I hate that it's I liked broadcast it. TV. And as you said, it's happening earlier on in this in this show. But what went through your mind when she pulled away, got up, and started to leave? Exactly what he said. And what was that? That it I, means something. That it means something. If you, you leave. She- like, if we can't just... Like, you and I, I'm not suggesting to you, but I'm just saying, you know, if we were to kiss right now sure. and just keep on going like professionals can do. And then one of us pulled away and walked away without saying a word. Well, You're probably think, right. But it you would saw be... there was a moment and the kiss changed. Like, it wasn't that kind of silly peck with her smiling because he's like, you got to take this more seriously. So as soon as she took it more seriously, go back and watch it, I... y'all. I don't I don't disagree. There was a moment and that's why she pulled away because it was like uh-oh. I'm getting involved. This isn't this isn't just for show anymore. Yeah. This one was for me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that, good. that's good. And and so but he and he knew it too. He, oh, he knew did. it too. He wanted but he it to wanted happen. her to stay. He did. And his justification was to try to get her to say was if you leave it means something because now it's weird and when do we see each other and how does that next time we were together happen? But if you stay, we can sort of let like the awkwardness sort of burn off and we'll know at the end of the night kind of where we stand and we can mm-hmm. kind of like go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. But Laurel didn't didn't take that. She did not take that bait. She had to go. She did leave. And she I left. I wouldn't have left pretty... for the record. For the record. I don't think I would have left. I would have... I might have played it like Gareth, but uh, that is, uh, I don't know how I'd feel afterward. What would I have really wanted in that moment? I would have wanted her to stay, just genuinely just wanted her to stay. But 
He seemed a little. He seemed a little bent out of shape at the fact that she did leave, though. He was. He turned her around. He was uncertain. I've. I know that look. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> now it's now it's weird. Yeah. Because did it mean something or didn't it mean something? Yeah. And you feel like it did because she had to leave and she couldn't like handle the moment and just. We shall you know? find out. And now people saw them kiss and saw her leave abruptly. <laughs> yep. Uh, well. Something to look forward to. Yes, a love well, story that will continue, and maybe maybe uh, we'll get our wishes met by the end of the season. And uh, uh, episodes, uh, of the kissing and the, the love scenes, if you will, uh-huh. somebody else has a far more disastrous one come up in this episode. Oh, Luke, you fool. Right? You knew it was coming at some point in time. Once I'm Scarlet so glad turned. it did. Oh yeah, it I really happened. am. I mean, because like I said, like, I think it was last episode. I like him, and I don't like that I like him because he's kind of not that great of a guy. He's times. not a great guy. No, he's not the best at times. Yeah. So he. So Jermaine has learned that he has cheated on her, and. It doesn't go over well. There is no reconciliation no. in that moment. It's just simply we see some disconnect. We don't see much. And there's a part of me that feels like she knew. And she's mad that now it's national news, mm-hmm. not that it happened. Right. And was it, was that the same was that the same actress in the first Ooh. episode? I'm trying to figure that out. It seemed I, like it I could didn't, be. It didn't alarm me I was just that curious because I, I don't I'm recognize. I'm it. But we can keep talking. Yeah, we can keep talking. So, so yeah, that comes to be. But um, where else did we go with that? Oh, yes. So once... Okay, so he sets up... Gustav sets up the bug trap. This is Uh, big. Bug trap. (laughs) Continued. Like so many bug traps. Squared. Oh, my God. (laughs) Repeating. He, uh, yeah, he had a l- more bug traps than I've ever seen, and heavy-duty ones, too. He was not screwing around. And we see him put together some red cups mm-hmm. that some of us have seen in college. And I've only heard about them. I've only heard about them. Oh, yeah. Good. Good Good for you. I'm, I'm proud. So he puts on, he tapes it around. I thought it was like a cheese head. I'm from Wisconsin, so I was <laughs> immediately, that's where my head went. Had this triangular Naturally. motion. It looked like a cheese head. So... He falls asleep. The bugs go on up, but they do not enter. Thank God they don't enter. But he wakes up to the fact that one of the bug traps is actually moving. Goes on over to the hospital, and we are revisited by Rochelle. Which, first of all, he didn't feel the bugs on his neck. I thought that was a little bizarre not to wake up to that, but how did he feel... How did he sense that that bug trap was moving? It was connected to some kind of string. Was that connected to him? Oh, I didn't even see like, that. To, yeah, it was connected to I a thought, string. I, I thought. I initially thought that the bugs, the yeah, the bugs calling up his neck woke him up. Yeah. But then he was far less interested in that, and really was interested in what the heck's going on the floor. And so, at, for a guy as intelligent as yeah. him, you have to wonder: at what point in time do you look at one of those bug traps, see it moving around the way it does, and think that an ant? Is making that type of movement. I mean, I thought that there were like several in there. You were so that's where your mind that, was at. That was that was my justification. I mean, I really thought that it was the space bugs, uh-huh. and that it was just kind of a crew of them that had kind of gotten stuck or whatever. Because I mean, I don't know how bug traps work. I don't. I don't trap bugs ever. <laughs> You've never had a I bug should trap start. Before? Maybe well, I this I've week had, I will. I'll see how it goes. I, we, we've I had want a bug bomb my, my house. Have you ever done that? I've never done it. 
bug bombs. But we have a dog, so I can't. I've seen plenty of television episodes where there's bug bombs, and it never ends well for anybody. Oh, don't tell me that. Okay, so I'm not bug bombing my uh, house this it, weekend. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. They bug bomb. Somebody goes on in to get Philly's tickets, and he almost dies because of it. He's, oh, my gosh. He's totally okay. passed out. Really but this sick. isn't Philly, Great episode. so I'm going to be okay. Um, I'm still looking. It's not Philadelphia. We are in D.C. So... Where are we at? So he goes on over to the x-ray clinic where he meets with uh, Dr. Dodier's daughter, Rochelle, who we were introduced to the last episode. Mm -hmm. And she is going through the x-rays. They see, or at least what Gustav sees, is a mandible, or jawbone of some sort, of this ant. So he knows that something is inside, and he knows that it's an insect, and that's why he sets up the bug traps. And when he goes on in to see Rochelle this time, he brings in the bug, only to find out the entire time it's a cockroach. So it's not these bugs at all. Which... But immediately he knows, immediately he knows that they are still in his place, which I thought was bizarre. I don't know why he denoted that right away, that they were back at his place the entire like time. Like he had actually summoned them, he just didn't catch yeah. any? It was, well, well, there I, were also I felt like 83 odd. bags that he brought in. I, I thought he had several samples of these bugs. And it he was, had a cockroach. He did. One cockroach. I That's mean, it. and I, the fact that he didn't, he like put it in a bag and didn't look at it first. I know. That, I know. To me, I was like, dude, for somebody, for somebody so, so smart, smart. <laughs> you're not so smart. Yeah, he's uh, he's got some learning to do, but he might be our golden ticket to figuring out how to defeat these things in the end. So I'm optimistic of that, at least. Uh, so your, I mean, what was your general reaction? Because I was watching you, and it turns out that my my theory about what your reaction was wasn't true. But when you when you saw the bugs going towards the cat, I thought that you were oh, showing yes. some <laughs> compassion. It turns out that's not the case. We're both allergic to cats, apparently, yes. as we found out during the pre warm up here. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't. We don't I don't do care well for cats. cats. I, it's it's honestly just because I'm miserable in their presence. It's yeah, I actually same. don't dislike them. They're adorable, uh, right? So I just I'm a dog person because I can. Let them love me and love them back and nobody sneezes. Yeah. Uh, so before we get to the revelation of the cat at the end of the episode, we have Laurel, who is visited by the FBI again. She goes on into the FBI uh, interrogation room, is sat down, only to be reprimanded for... What was it? CHIs, which are catastrophic head injuries. Yes. So she has no idea. You didn't idea know what that, did you? I, I can't believe that. you didn't know that. Everybody knows fool. that, except for you and Laurel. I am a fool. Laurel and I, we, I, I we mean, get along, I guess. Like, what? I mean, you just call them CHIs? I know. It's this government jargon that they're just throwing in there. And it's, it's very. Uh, it's very closed-minded in that these this FBI agent who uh, blades again, blades thank you is just not getting the situation. He's just seeing the fact that he, he's just seeing one sided there that Laurel must be connected to this somehow. He is right. He I is mean, right in that regard. To, I mean, to at least trace that. I mean, sure. Yeah. But to be so skeptical right off the bat, thinking right. that she's involved, it's just so cliche. But. Agent D'Onofrio phones on in to her brother. Anthony. Breaks her out. So what did you think of that? What? She did not know that until after no. the fact. She was she was railing on him. Screened his call. He calls him a bastard. 
calls him a bastard. I mean, if the shoe fits. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I'm just kidding. He's quite a he's quite a nice guy to to our protagonist here. What do you think about that? You know, I think that I'd hope that doesn't become a love story. I mean, the only love story I'm okay with at this point is Gareth. Is Gareth. And I mean, even then, I judge myself for even like entertaining the idea of it. She was um, checking her breath at the beginning of the I episode. I know! I put that. She, so, I put fluffs because I was in a hurry. Fluffs. I know, because I know that's <laughs> I not the right it. word. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I just didn't. It, I was in a hurry. I was trying fluffs, to look back up at the episode. So. So he's clearly into her. And she has at least some sort of notice of him. So that is that is integral. So we get to the end of the episode. Ella is no longer challenging right. Luke for the whip. Out of nowhere, because we don't know what the reason. Oh. I think, well, she just met with the six female voters, mm-hmm. uh, congresswomen or senators. Um, and something in that conversation. And, he- th- and that's why I feel like either... Ella has them kind of in her pocket, and so they're just playing uh-huh. like it. Like, so she's again, Laurel is again being played. Yeah. Or something in that conversation went into Ella's mind, and she kind of went, aha. Mm-hmm. So now my agenda is this. So I have to go over here and do this other thing, I and think. Luke has to say whip. So I don't know which it is. I think you're right. Um, but we didn't talk about Laurel and Stacy at all yet. No, we have not talked about that. We have we to do not touch have, on that briefly. We do have to touch on it briefly. T- tell me what you thought about that scene. Uh, I love that instantly Laurel went right to what Gustav had said. Like, as crazy as she thought he was, mm-hmm. I'm talking really fast because we got we to gotta totally hurry up. Okay. As crazy as she thought he was, she totally was buying into the facts that he told her and the little bit of reading that... She did, based on yep. what he said to check out, checked out. Yep. So she just kind of went straight for the jugular, went straight to the memories, totally had her, it seemed like, pulling back into her normal mm-hmm. self. Uh, I will be interested to see if that's something that can be, like, if the, if the bugs can almost be undone. Yes. Um, maybe not to the point where you gain that memory back or whatever part of their brain they got, but that they're unable to continue to decay it or infest it or whatever the wording would be. And that's an interesting prediction because you've got Gustav, who is very emotionally speaking, he is just so intelligent. He's hyper-intelligent, but emotionally, that's where Laurel is key. That's why she is our hero in that she has something that all these other people in Washington don't, and that is heart. So, yes. I think that you are right in that we have something to look forward to in Laurel providing the answer to extracting this plague that's infecting Washington. But we are low on time, so we got to wrap up. Uh, thank you for joining us on our third episode of this season. I am Kevin Ellis. You can find me on Instagram at KevinEllis25 or on Twitter at TheKevinEllis. You can find me, Courtney Henderson, on Instagram and Twitter at Cohen, C-O-U-H-E-N. Let us know if there's anything you want to talk about. We can talk about it online. Yeah, please. Send us a, uh, any kind of comments in iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud. You know where to find us. Uh, we air on Monday nights, but we're here all week. Uh, Ooh, thank you. Oh, go for it. We have a hiatus next week, we the 4th of July. We will be back July 11th with episode 4. Celebrate Independence Day in whatever way you wish. We're in L.A. I'm going to be watching Independence Day, the original, maybe the sequel. I don't know. It's getting okay reviews. Probably a beach day for me. Maybe. That sounds good. (laughs) We'll see. Well, thank you for joining us again. We will see you in two weeks for episode 104 of Brain Dead. See you.
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.